thanks for checking out this message from Springmount Church. For more information about us and what we do, visit our website, springmount.church. Why not check out all the different groups that run throughout each week in Barrow and on Walney? And join us every Sunday from 11am at Salt House Pavilion in Barrow Infernos. If you would like us as a church to pray for you, please email prayer at springmount.church or sign up on our website for monthly news straight to your inbox. Hi and welcome to another Sunday morning. It's great to have you with us. Um, A few notices before we start. Tonight we have Zoom at 7 o'clock. And uh, if you want to join us, just message on the comments below or message the page for the Zoom code. After this week, the code will remain the same every Sunday evening. So you won't need to get a new code. You can just join us if you already have it. Uh, Tonight, we're also doing communion as part of that. So if you want to bring along some bread and some juice or equivalent, just so we can remember Jesus and what he gave for us as we meet together. So please join us. And throughout the week, don't forget all the devotions are available on YouTube and Facebook. Uh, Worship that's live at quarter to 12 on a Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Uh, there's going to be a new thing on Thursday, which is introducing some new songs at five o'clock, um, just so that we can keep connected to church. If you're not in a connect group, please join one and become a part of what's going on. It'd be great to have you. So other than that, let's get started. So we're on the second of our Heroes of Faith uh, characters. Um, and today I'm reminded of a man from my childhood who used to come every week to Pendleby Gospel Hall. Uh, he was a very little old man who uh, was smaller than I was probably when I was about eight or nine. Maybe I'm exaggerating. But he was lovely. He was welcoming. He was friendly. He was warm. He was accepting of us young children and young people. He would talk with us. He would encourage us. And every week he made the faithful walk from his home to church every Sunday. He wasn't quite the proclaimers, but he was walking probably about 100 yards faithfully from the home he lived in to church, dedicated. And his name, he was called Enoch. It's the only Enoch I've ever known or heard of other than the ones in the Bible. And there's two in the Bible that we're going to look at today. But he was a man called Enoch. His name means disciplined, dedicated, faithful. And the Enoch today is credited as a hero of faith. And so today we're going to hear from Tim as he does our short reading in Hebrews chapter 11. Why don't you read along with us as we do this? Thanks, Tim. Hebrews chapter 11, verses 5 and 6. By faith, Enoch was taken from this life, so he did not experience death. He could not be found, because God had taken him away. For before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. And without faith, it's impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Great reading, Tim. It was only short, but it was sweet. Um, Yeah, put simply, because of his faith, Enoch was taken to be with God. No death, no pain, no suffering, no gravestone, no tombstone, just a testimony. 
Uh, a famous preacher and evangelist, Tony Campolo from America, um, used to talk about his childhood in a Southern Baptist church. And the minister would regularly stand and say in a passionate tone, outside this church. I sound like Louis, uh, not Louis Spence, the other one, Louis who sang Wonderful World, Louis Armstrong, that's the one. Outside this church, there's a graveyard. In that graveyard, there's lots of tombstones, all of them with information about people, names, dates, ages, family, but there's not a lot of testimony. So let me ask you, do you want a testimony or a tombstone? Do you want a tombstone about your life or are you living for testimonies? And that was his experience. Do you want a tombstone, a monument, or do you want a testimony? We can ask ourselves the very same question today. Are we looking to be remembered for the world that we live in, to build with their resources, with a monument or a tombstone or something? Or are we looking for a testimony of the faithfulness of God in our lives? This same God who may one day say to you, well done, good and faithful servant. There are two Enochs mentioned in the Bible, as I've already said, and not much is known about either of them. It's a bit of a tale of two Enochs because they're very different. The first one is mentioned in Genesis chapter 4 and sees the bad guy of last week, Cain, returning and starting a family. Thanks to Isabella. Genesis 4 verse 17 says, Cain lay with his wife and she became pregnant and gave birth to Enoch. Cain was then building a city and he named it after his son Enoch. This Enoch is third generation from Adam. Adam is the dad of Cain, and Cain is the dad of Enoch. And he has what becomes the first city named after him. He has the memorial, the monument, a place built up out of the world's resources. Yet that city is no longer remembered. He died and left behind the tombstone of a city that no longer really matters and is remembered. But this isn't the Enoch we want to look at today. Thanks again to Isabella and Megan. Genesis 5 verse 24 says, Enoch walked with God, then he was no more because God took him away. In the message version, Genesis 5:24 says, Enoch walked steadily with God, and then one day he was simply gone. God took him. So this is the Enoch that we're after. He's seventh generation from Adam. Adam is his great, great, great grandfather, whichever way you look at it. He's descended from another son of Adam's called Seth. That's right. Adam and Eve had other children. And it's a tale of these two Enochs, one with a memorial tombstone, a city named after him, and one who is remembered by his testimony. He had no tombstone because... By faith, he was simply taken into the presence of God, but he has a testimony, and that testimony is he walked with God. A walk with somebody right now might sound like bliss, might sound perfection. Some of you right now are hearing those words and wishing you could walk with somebody, not just your Boris exercise, but to walk with somebody, to talk with somebody. And actually we can, we can walk with God. And you might say, well, it's not the same. But actually, that's why Enoch is commended as a hero of faith, because he walked with God. And firstly, I want to point out it is a walk and that's not a race. 
the holy grail of athletics is the 100 metres medal race. We may all remember people who've excelled at this distance. Who comes to mind? For, For many of us these days, it's Usain Bolt. Maybe for you, it's Linford Christie or Carl Lewis or maybe Ben Johnson, perhaps for all the wrong reasons. But that race is about 10 seconds and that's it. These guys are committed to training, dedicated, and when they run together, it's all over in 10 seconds. Then there's the 200 metres. The current record for that is 19.19 seconds. Still, the race itself, when they run together, is actually shorter than it takes for me to microwave a spoonful of my favourite spread to put on my ice cream. In race walking, the two distances used are 20 kilometres and 50 kilometres. The 50 kilometre record is around 3 hours and 34 minutes. Now, that's more like it. Quality time. But it's still a race. It's still a competition. It's against people, not with people. Enoch wasn't competing with God, but he was walking with God. He didn't speed ahead of God and say, see you later, catch me up. I'm going this way. You can follow me. And he didn't lag behind and say, I'll catch you up when I've done my own thing and when I feel I'm up to it. Enoch was committed to being with God, to walking with God. That is why he's commended as a hero. His faith wasn't in short spurts of 10 seconds or 20 seconds, then nothing for a few days or weeks or even more. His his faith was a commitment, a steady walking You know, Usain Bolt famously was known for having a bit of a bad diet of chicken nuggets from that place where many people, when I mention it now, are wishing they could have that rather than go for a walk. Is our Christian walk based around short, quick bursts of faithfulness, followed by weeks of binging on stuff that perhaps isn't so healthy for us? You know, in those 10 seconds of faithfulness, we may feel elated we may feel closer than ever we may feel like we are champions but then in the afterglow we sit and put the wrong stuff in first Enoch was committed he was dedicated and his testimony is that he's a hero because he walked with God the message version puts it this way Enoch walked steadily with God and then one day he was simply gone God took him Enoch walked steadily with God. That's the sermon today. He walked steadily with God. So the first step is to walk and it's better to walk steadily and dedicated than in short fits and spurts but at least the fits and spurts are something. (laughs) But let's try and walk daily with God. There was a famous preacher in the 19th century called Spurgeon. He said, Happy is the nation that has no history, for a nation with history has been vexed with wars, bloodshed and revolutions. Maybe the fact that we know little about Enoch means his life was fairly content. Why? Because he walked with God. And walking is a commitment. Before all this lockdown happened, perhaps there's friends you visited once or twice a week that you went to their house and spent some time with. And you call them friend because you spend that time with them. That's great. But maybe you have a friend who you do daily life with. Maybe there's a friend you walk with, that you climb hills with, that you cross streams with, that you walk across fields with. Maybe the friends that you overcome obstacles with. And you do that every day. Which one would you say you know best? Which one would you be closest to? It would have to be the one you walked with. 
And many of us have got it the wrong way around. We're visiting God's house once, twice a week and doing our walking either on our own or with people who perhaps don't match up to the ideal. Enoch walked steadily with God. When you walk with someone, you become aware of their presence and so get to know them deeper. I used to go on many trips as a primary school teacher and my favourite one was in Keswick. And you'd find that throughout the walk, you were walking with the same group of children and you'd get asked questions like, how much further is it, sir? How much further is it, Mr. Harrison? The answer to which would always be about a mile and a half. They'd tell you jokes. They'd ask about your favourite music. They'd make up riddles about football clubs. They'd quiz you and sing songs. And I was aware of their presence as I walked. Sometimes I didn't want to be aware of their presence as I walked. Uh, I think Alicia Moore was okay on that trip. But Enoch walked steadily with God. You know, walking with God, we become aware of his presence. Enoch walked steadily with God. The act of walking means moving forwards. It means progress. It doesn't mean being stuck. It doesn't mean being sat. But it's important to have the right guide in this situation. Talking of which, we went to France with a family friend and their children and our children were only young and uh, we were staying in a hotel in a pretty seedy suburb of Paris. The hotel was nice but the area wasn't so great and uh, it was late at night, the children we'd just got back to the hotel were saying that they were hungry or starving as they called it and we saw some people walking past the front of the hotel carrying those brown paper bags with the golden arches. And all of a sudden we thought there must be a McDonald's nearby. We saw some in the rubbish bin, signs that there was a McDonald's nearby. And so we said, let's go and we can grab the children something from there. The logical thought that I had was, let's go in the direction these people were coming from. Surely they will find the McDonald's. So we set off. I was being trusted and leading. And uh, an hour later... On the verge of just giving up and going back to the room to get crisps, we got back at the hotel having not found the McDonald's. So we asked the receptionist, could you tell us if there's a McDonald's near here? And she gave us directions that we got to in five minutes in the car, going in the opposite direction to which we started. You see, I wasn't the right guide to my group. They trusted my limited French. They trusted my nose for a direction. But I wasn't the right guide at that time in that place to find a McDonald's. But I took them round in circles. I got them lost. But they knew they were with me. And boy, did I know they were with me for the days afterwards. But Enoch is a hero because he walked steadily forwards, not in fits and spurts, committed to going the distance with the right guide that is God. He did it in a world that was falling apart. He did it in a world that was starting to walk away from God. And he did it as the head of the house with responsibilities. He did it as a dad with children. There were no excuses to stop his faithfulness to God. He was just committed to the one he knew would always be with him. To finish this morning, I want to go back to the passage in Hebrews. The message version of it in chapter 11 verse 6 says... It's impossible to please God apart from faith. And why? Because anyone who wants to approach God must believe both that he exists and that he cares enough to respond to those who seek him. So two steps, believe and know he responds. We can only walk with God if we trust him and know he exists. 
you know, the evidence for a creator and designer is overwhelming. And it's easier, I think, to believe that God exists than that all of this happened by accident. But again, this week, we have a two-step instruction to please God and to be a hearer of faith. Number one, believe he exists. And number two, know that he does respond. My advice, look for people with testimonies, not tombstones. Many people in our church could share how God has played a huge part in their story. Their testimony points to a God who exists and a God who responds. And each story is precious. Some of them may be spectacular. Some of them may be ordinary. But each one points to a God who they know exists and who has responded to them in their time of need. If you're not sure, ask them. Ask people you trust from within church who have a testimony. Don't wait till you're near a tombstone. In fact, if you stay tuned after this sermon, you'll hear a five minute testimony from one of our church on how she came to believe God and how she knows that he does respond. Please stay tuned to watch Lucy as she shares. So let's learn from Enoch, the hero of faith, because he walked, he walked steadily. He walked steadily forwards with God because no matter what comes our way, we can trust God who is faithful. We can sing even if we walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I can fear no evil because you are with me. God is a God who walks with us if we choose to walk with him. So today, be a hero. Believe that God exists and discover that as you walk with him, he will respond to you. Try not to get stuck in the, if you respond to me, I believe you exist trap. It starts with the belief and knowing that he's there and it continues with his response throughout our life to be trustworthy and faithful. Let us walk faithfully with God. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for our stories. I thank you that each one of us is very different, but I thank you for the story of Enoch that is simple. And I pray that we will learn to move forwards with you that we will commit to steadily, daily, faithfully walking with the God of the universe. Father, I praise you for Jesus. I thank you that through his cross and his resurrection, we can be set free. Father, that through our faith, our belief and trust in him, we can be saved. So Father God, I pray today for each person watching this, for each person who's part of Springmount and wider, that you will bless us and encourage us to keep walking, that even if we're walking through difficult times, we can know you're with us. So Father God, help us to know your presence with us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great day. Don't forget all the things that are happening. And if you've got time, stay tuned to hear Lucy's testimony of how God has changed her life. Thanks and God bless. I didn't choose to become a Christian and in fact the very notion of becoming one prior to my conversion would have just been really <laughs> unappealing to me. Um, I was living in Edinburgh at the time when I started to feel um, God call me 
Um, I was in a desperately bad place and I was unhappy with the direction that my life was taking. And I can't put my finger exactly on when it all went wrong. It was just layer upon layer of bad choices, a self-sabotaging and wayward nature, and poor influences, a lack of good guidance and an unwillingness on my part to receive correction. It all compounded together to create this toxic mix. Um, I was desperately searching for a sense of spirituality and this was driven by feelings of emptiness and a longing to find meaning, truth and purpose in life. Um, I started to explore religions in my quest for enlightenment um, but it didn't even really occur to me um, to consider Christianity as I didn't perceive it to be spiritual. How wrong could I have been? Um, one day, however, God got my attention and there was three consecutive days that I was supernaturally given or found a pendant for a necklace that were connected to Christianity. I put them on a leather string and I wore this wherever I went as somehow it felt really significant. Um, Two weeks later, I made the impromptu decision to travel to South Africa um, with some friends. And from the moment that I arrived, um, I was just approached by Christians wherever I went. It was really overwhelming. Um, I worked with street children and they told me that I needed Jesus. And I went to a drug rehab centre to volunteer and they told me the same thing. Everyone, it would appear, could recognise my need for a saviour except me. A hunger started to rise up in me and I could see in the Christians that I had encountered something that really intrigued me. And um, I would go to churches all over Cape Town and sit at the back um, and sometimes I would weep and then I would escape before anybody could come to talk to me at the end. And I also started reading the scriptures for myself. Um, something was happening to me and it all came to a head when we went on a road trip to Mozambique and we set off only to be hijacked at gunpoint. Just before we had left Cape Town, my friend had given me a sticker and on the sticker in big, red, bold capital letters, it read, relax, God is in control. And I stuck it on the dashboard. And as I was dragged out of the vehicle by six guys brandishing guns about, the sticker caught my eye. It was at this point I had an intense revelation that God is real. Um, as I was marched further and further away from the vehicle with a gun to my head, my life flashed before me. And to be perfectly honest, I did not like what I was seeing. Um, it was both sobering and terrifying. And I felt this such a strong sense of remorse. I was dragged into the long grass and I inwardly began to say, God, if you are real, I need you to save me. I am so sorry for how I have chosen to live, the bad choices I have made, the way I've treated people. And if I live past this point, I will give you my entire life, not just a Sunday morning, you can have the rest of it because I've just frankly made a mess of the whole thing. Um, and at once, the atmosphere completely shifted. I had this incredible sense of well-being and peace. 
it's hard really to find the words to describe um, what happened. But as I cried out to him, it was as if a huge weight was lifted off my shoulders and there was light everywhere and everything became brighter. The guys drove off with our vehicle and our belongings, but I didn't care because I had found what I was looking for all along. Jesus saved my life. Um, he restored our vehicle, which was broken down in the middle of nowhere. He even restored our belongings. And as they were placed in this circle around the Land Rover, it was as if they were just waiting for us to be collected. The whole situation was utterly surreal. Giving my life to Jesus was undoubtedly the best decision I have ever made. My life has changed beyond recognition. I am by no means a shining example of a Christian, but I am changed and I continue to be renewed and transformed as I now fervently pursue my relationship with God as his unconditional love and his presence in my life guides, protects um, and refines my character. Can I please encourage you to look into the person of Jesus Christ in more depth if you haven't already? I promise you that you will not be disappointed by what you find.